Hello there, welcome to the Community Broadband Bits podcast, brought to you by the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. This is Lisa Gonzalez. This is our 22nd episode, and we take you to Danville, Virginia. Many of you know that Danville is known as a community broadband success story. Danville has evolved from a fading tobacco and textile town to a vibrant high-tech hub thanks to their broadband infrastructure. Christopher talks with Jason Gray, Broadband Network Manager for N. Danville, the city's next-generation network. The two spoke at the Community Fiber Networks Conference in Danville on November 8th and 9th. Chris and Jason have a few moments to discuss the details of what the network has done for the community. Here are Chris and Jason. Jason Gray, thank you so much for joining me for the Community Broadband Bits podcast. Uh, we're here at the uh, at a conference that uh, I think you actually helped set up, right? That's correct. Why don't you tell us a little bit about this conference and what's going on first? Well, it's a, a regional conference that broadband communities uh, is organized with the city of Danville, Virginia. Uh, we've been organizing for six months now. Uh, it's, it's their first economic development conference of, of a series of conferences. Great. And why do they come to Danville? What's, what's, what's Danville like? Uh, the story of Danville uh, piqued their interest. Uh, uh, not only our fiber optic network, our open access fiber optic network, but the story of Danville being a, a tobacco and textile town that has lost those industries and is now trying to transform into a, a new industry and, and a new city. Great. And we're, uh, this is my second time to Danville. It's in southern Virginia, really close to the North Carolina border toward the center of the state, east-west wise. Um, and uh, and so let's talk a little bit about the network. Um, Danville's got its own municipal utility, and how did the network start? Uh, Danville does have its, its own utility. We're, we're the only utility in Virginia that does electric, water, gas, wastewater, and telecommunications. But the, the network uh, got started in 2004, uh, serving, servicing our own needs, uh, schools and governments, which uh, help start revenue. We, the schools are separate from the, the government, so we uh, generate what they call E-rate revenue. Many of your your followers uh, online and, and on this podcast are probably familiar with E-rate and USAC, but they help generate revenue for the network to, in order to build out to, to reach commercial and, and now residential customers. The E-rate, you have to bid for that constantly, right? That's not a guarantee. That is not a guarantee. It's an annual process. Um, we do it every March, and it's not only with the Danville City Schools. We also there's a county that we serve uh, right outside Danville, Pennsylvania County, that we also serve. Uh, they have uh, several schools that we connect uh, that that never had fiber until uh, we connected them. But it's a it, 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 again, it is an annual process, uh, a competitive process with uh, any provider that wants to bid on those contracts. You built out to the schools first, and then you started connecting some of the businesses. And uh, what happened then? 2006, we uh, for two years we, we built the network in 2004, connect our own buildings and schools. So for two years we were up and running, uh, everything's fine. And in 2006 we said, why don't we branch out? You know, we overbuilt our, our, our fiber capacity. We have extra strands, extra capacity. Um, so we decided to. Uh, start a small pilot, 10 to 15 uh, businesses, and, um, a variety of businesses from medical to uh, private schools, but uh, in 2007 we officially started opening it up for any business in, the, in our ter- uh, Danville Utility to Service Territory. 
And so you provide service to the schools where you're the effectively the ISP serving the schools, but that's not how it works with the businesses, right? That's correct. Since we're an open access pr provider, we, uh, we bring in or, or try to market service providers to join our network uh, to offer their own services to keep us out of competing with the incumbents, which in our case are Verizon and Comcast. But, um, you know, and, and Verizon and Comcast are also welcome to join our network and utilize our infrastructure. But it, it's just a easier business model for us uh, instead of being a retail provider. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, the service provider that's operating on your network presently? Gamewood is uh, offering service on our network. Uh, it's a Gamewood Technology Group. Um, you can log on to their website. Uh, their, their business and, and residential services are... Their URL is uh, fiberflexmedia.com, um, but they they started out as a wireless provider and have evolved to a full service provider. Um, but but they are they're from Danville and now branched out into other counties and cities in Southside Virginia. But they've they've been with us since the beginning and have been on the, the network ever since uh, since 2007. Oh, you said that you're actively recruiting additional service providers. Um, and in uh, one of your earlier, when you were speaking to the uh, to the all the guests, all the attendees at the conference, you said that it's difficult to get multiple service provider on, providers on a network early on in the network. Can you tell us more about that? It, it is very difficult in an open access environment to have multiple providers when you only connect in a few hundred uh, customers. We've passed uh, several a little over a thousand customers including our residential customers but we've only connected a, a few hundred but um, in order to really get the attention and be attractive to service providers that are not from the area not from the Danville area we, we really need to pass at least 3,000 and have a good portion of those customers connected in order to be attractive to, to service providers that are not from this area. In a conversation earlier, we were talking about um, the networks that are here aside from in Danville, before in Danville. Um, so we have Comcast and Verizon, but neither one of them has really made investment in Danville a priority. And I'm curious if you remember um, some of the pricing that was common for like a T1 uh, prior to in Danville. Uh, T1s were uh, four to $500 a uh, month. A month. Uh, now they're in the neighborhood of 350 to 400 dollars uh, on our network. You can get a, a, a five meg megabit per second point-to-point -point circuit for you know 250 dollars a month. So it's about three times faster at about half the price. That's correct. Right, and not only that, but it's far more reliable being fiber, right? Fiber connections are, are, are much more reliable. They're less susceptible to electrical interference and. and storms and, and copper connections. So how has this network and the, the availability of these much better connections impacted local businesses or attracted new businesses? Well, it, it gives them growth uh, capacity, which they can grow upon as their needs increase. Um, banks um, love it because instead of having forklift upgrades when they need to do a software upgrade, whether it's payroll or, or, or some kind of application that they use, we can uh, upgrade them same day to a, a, a higher speed connection rather than waiting for uh, 
the incumbent to change out cards and uh, possibly add more lines into a facility to accommodate their needs. Right. So it's, it's just a much cleaner connection, much more reliable, and, and, and we can we can grow uh, their connections as they grow. What happened with, um, can you tell me the story of the nonprofit, the Cray um, organization? Uh, it was just, it was fascinating to see the video, and we're going to put that video up on our site when I get my hands on it. Uh, great interview uh, talking about how they came to Danville because of the network. Uh, uh, Noblis is a, is a nonprofit company, and they, they house a supercomputer, a Cray supercomputer in Danville. It's the first supercomputer uh, housed outside of a federal laboratory or a university. Um, but and I they, should just put in a plug, the Cray computers come from not far from where I live in Minnesota. They're developed right over on the uh, border with Wisconsin. How about that? But they, uh, they uh, it's a requirement. I mean, the, the Cray computer would be uh, a standalone without broadband. Uh, but they have connections. They have a, a point-to-point connection back to their headquarters in uh, Herndon, Virginia, on the Beltway of D- Washington, D.C., uh, as well as other connections uh, through different networks, including Mid-Atlantic Broadband. And if I understand their map correctly, they so they have a connection point-to-point between their Danville facility and this place that's right on the Beltway with D.C., but their internet connection comes from the Danville branch. And so um, the Danville, offer, Danville offers them better connectivity than they can get in D.C., is what I'm guessing. Well, the internet connectivity is... is uh, via in Danville, but it's, it's through Gamewood. Right, that's what I meant to say was that they didn't go with uh, they didn't go with Verizon or whoever's right. up there in D.C. They connected uh, across the state to use, uh, and they share the, the connection uh, by Gamewood that's enabled by the uh, Danville infrastructure. That's correct. Right. It's a, it's, it's a fascinating story. Um, so, for a long time, you focused on businesses. Um, what, what have some of the other public benefits been, aside from just new jobs? I mean, for our own uses, uh, the, the city's uses, uh, we have we have u- fully utilized the, the network in, in, in every way possible I, that that we can afford, for one thing. But utility-wise, I mean, we're reading every meter via Indample, even though it comes via a licensed frequency to a tower. Mm-hmm. That tower has fiber at the base of the tower, and, and all that metering traffic comes across our fiber optic network. So if our fiber optic network was down at any time, we would not be receiving any kind of metering data, which is used for billing and outage management and distribution automation. I mean, it's part of our smart grid uh, program. The fiber optic network is, 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 is crucial to, to, to our utility department, not only to electric, but also water and gas. I mean, people think smart grid, but... In our case, it's, it's, it's more than just electric. It also reaches water and gas meters as well. So this is a great network. How much does it cost the taxpayers? The Endeavor network has never cost the taxpayers a single penny. The, the network was funded by a $2.5 million loan from the Electric Fund, which is uh, a division within Danville Utilities. But that $2.5 million loan was paid back with 6% interest in three years. Uh, and, and that's about the time we started offering fiber to the business services in 2007. So we paid back the loan and then have just used revenue that we've generated every year to expand. And we will we'll continue that model. We have never gone out for, 
well, we've gone out for stimulus grants, which we were unsuccessful. We've never gone out for loans. We can, we can go out for loans, but we just don't want to go back and go out and pay that interest and, and, and incur that debt. Um, and, and how much do you contribute to the general fund from the revenues of the telecom operations? We Every year since 2005, I believe, and maybe 2006, we've, we've uh, c- contributed $300,000 towards the general fund. And granted, that's not uh, an extreme large amount of money compared to electric or, or water and gas who contribute several million it's dollars. One and a half million dollars or almost two million dollars <laughs> in the community. But it, but it's yeah, it's it's uh it's well 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 worth spent to, on the general fund. It's it's money that they can use towards other projects. So now we have the final phase, uh, which has been started. You're starting mm-hmm. to deliver service to residents. Can you tell us about the pilot project? Um, we we started uh, deploying fiber in a in a university community. Avery University is uh, a large university in Danville. They have satellite campuses all around Virginia, Washington, D.C., Richmond, Norfolk, Roanoke, as well as international campuses. But um, there's the community that surrounds the university in Danville, which is about 1,200 homes. We're going to extend fiber down each and every street and then extend drops to the houses as they sign up for services. Um, So far we've passed I think, I think the last numbers I saw were about 800 homes of those 1,200. So we've passed 800 homes out of 1,200, and we, we, we plan to, to pass the other 400 uh, by spring, this spring of 2013. And that's all been paid for out of uh, the operating uh, net revenues? Revenue from the schools, revenue from business connections, um, no, no, no Danville taxpayer money or utility electric money. And do you have a sense of uh, when you would be able to expand the pilot project? Is that on the horizon? Uh, we, we have already uh, submitted our, our next uh, neighborhood, which is another neighborhood across town, which is uh, about 250 homes, which will start uh, July of 2013. Um, that's in next year's budget, and will have to be approved, of course, by uh, city council as uh, for 2000, that'll be part of our 2014 budget. But uh, don't see problems there. But we'll keep the same business plan of uh, about 1,000, 1,200 homes each year. As revenue grows, that number will grow as well. Uh, is there anything else that we need to know about Danville? Well, we are a fiber connected community, um, and we will hopefully get fiber connected to every home within uh, 10 to 12 years, uh, hopefully sooner, depending on revenue. Excellent. Thank you so much for, uh, for joining us on the show. Thank you for having me. That was Christopher talking with Jason Gray of NDanville. We provide a link to the NDanville website on muninetworks.org so you can learn more about the network. We also encourage you to visit muninetworks.org where we've covered Danville extensively. Follow the Danville tag for stories dating all the way back to 2009. If you have any questions or comments, please send us a note. Email us at podcast at muninetworks.org. Our handle on Twitter is at communitynets. This show was released on November 20th, 2012. Thanks to the Mojo Monkeys for the music licensed using Creative Commons. The song is called Bodacious.